0: Hey everybody, Breakfast with Bill, coming to you uh, late in the evening on Monday, March 7th. Um, you know, so much to talk about, you know, but a little bit of war fatigue I think is fitting in. It's day 13. You know, the initial, you know, blast is by. Um, Ukraine's digging in, the Russians are digging in. It's bloody, it's vicious, civilians are running out of food, Um now, I, I will find it interesting that some of the policymakers here, uh, at least university policymakers, that they're into a CRP discussion about we need to release CRP acres because if Ukraine can't get that wheat planted, the world doesn't have enough wheat, we don't have enough grains, we don't have enough corn, you know, yada, 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 yada. And, and I can say that probably the fake meat people are just uh, loving this because, uh you know it takes a lot of grain to feed this livestock and uh and really <laughs> I shouldn't say it that way it's not that much and and we have efficiency that you know 50 years ago 100 years ago farmers would have just dreamed for on on you know our feed efficiency and how we convert stuff and what we do and the feedstuffs we use and the fact that we use a lot of byproducts that if that you know if we didn't feed them to livestock these byproducts would probably end up in a landfill um and you know, it's it's it it works really well, but yet the the fake meat people are probably looking at this cow liquidation that's going on, and if it doesn't rain in the southern plains and corn stays expensive, you're going to see a lot more cow liquidation. A lot of heifers will not be retained; heifers will be sold. Um, I I you know you kind of seen here in the last couple weeks the beginning of what I call the cow train wreck that's going to happen. I think, and, and now. I think if you can get through it, I think if you can, you know, stand the pain now, I think if you can go on down the road, when you come out on the other side, it's going to be tremendous. I mean, just huge. But you got to get to the other side. But the the CRP, you know, th- there there are like the Theodore Roosevelt group um, that's mainly from what I could see, my my interaction with them, were wealthy wealthy business people that owned ranches or big farms, and they wanted a chunk of CRP to have subsidized hunting ground. Um, you know, you're going to have everybody from the butterfly people to Ted Nugent taking you on if you try to take CRP out. I I think, my opinion, the easier thing to do is to allow hay and grazing on all the CRP acres, including filter strips, because that's some of your best grass, and And you know what if, you, if, if that filter strip's there to grab nutrients and hold them, when you take that hay off, you're actually removing the nutrients from that ground that's in that hay and making your your what I call nutrient sink al- along that uh, drainage ditch or waterway actually a better deal. Well, okay um. The hay ground's easier converted into crop ground than the CRP, especially you know the CRP is going to you know a farmer's going to get cost share to, to next year or the year after, put that you know ground back in CRP. Now you could maybe let people that are in there last year and next to last year out early. Uh, that's a, that's a possibility. If people want to get out, they could get out a year or two early. Then you don't have to worry about it going back in. Um, the, the other thing, you know, as once I said, you know, allow hanging, hanging and grazing on the CRP. And, you know, then the farmers can convert that hay ground, especially a lot of that hay ground after the first cutting. You know, they'll get a first cut in of the hay off of it and then plant beans or, or even plant a late crop of corn um, can could make the work out. Um, now, let, let, let's face it, the greens probably are loving this because they've always known they need 4 or $5 a gallon gasoline to make their alternative energy work. And plus, they can say, "See, look at all the wars over the oil, and all alternative energy. To, alternative energy doesn't have that." But I could also make the argument that if we were, as under President Trump, we were energy independent, we were producing uh, more oil than we actually were were consuming as a country, and so we could have that oil to help Europe. And if Europe wasn't so doggone dependent on Russia, and if we had our had more oil in the world being pumped right now, which we could do in our own country, uh, that would reduce the price, and we wouldn't be financing Putin's war effort. But it sure looks like to me we're doing everything but increasing oil production in the United States. We're going to Venezuela. We're going to make a bad deal with the Iranians. Um, we're we're asking Saudi Arabia. We're you know cr- crank it up. But what are we doing ourselves? Um. You know, I mean, just just look at the clips, listen to the the video clips of Biden's energy secretary. She wants high energy prices. She keeps talking about, well, you know, we knew this transitory phase between fossil fuels and and green energy was going to be expensive. That's because green energy is expensive. Um, so so I think they're probably liking this inflation in energy. Oh, um, you know the the. Um, you know, the transition to get off oil and gas, and, and that's not going to happen tomorrow, the next day. And and I think you're seeing, um, you know, when when you're buying oil from tyrants, terrorists, and other bad guys, that's a heck of a green strategy. I mean, how much carbon's getting tossed in the air from all the bombs and bullets and everything else going off in Ukraine? And the fires? Um you know, um, now I will say that the Ukrainians are holding in there. I think a lot of people thought this thing was going to be three, five days, a week at the most, ten days. We're now on day thirteen, and and the Ukrainians, if if my sources are correct, they actually killed a Russian general, a chief of staff of for the forty first army, um, and they're having some communication problems. They're having some logistic problems. I think they're having a lot of morale problems in their army. I think their army's like, why are we fighting our cousins? basically um you know why Why are we doing this um you know and you know the, <laughs> does the average russian soldier want to get killed trying to take over ukraine that's probably not the enemy they thought they would be going after uh you know they're they're bringing in syrian fighters they're bringing in belarus they're transferring more troops in from the the eastern part of russia um you know, now I will say, if you look back two years ago, this same week, this week two years ago, that was our last normal week. And what I mean by normal, we didn't have a pandemic. We didn't have. I mean, this this thing was starting. This thing was, you know, moving along. But um, you know, the world wasn't locked down. We weren't shutting everything off um and and i can tell you from my own personal experience at at where i was working at the time i didn't have the problem with the initial you know shut it down for two weeks to flatten the curve but once we kind of figured out what we got and where we were it was primarily older people and people with health issues yes you were losing the occasional younger healthy person to this thing but you do to flu too but You kind of look where this thing was going. There was a point in time, especially after three months, six months, okay, we got to get back to some time of normal. And now, you know, we were coming off COVID and then Ukraine pops up. And so we're not back to normal yet. And I wonder what normal is going to look like coming out the other side because I don't think normal coming out the other side is going to look at the normal here. And... You know, look, you know, the, the, the trucker protests in Canada, you got trucker protests here in the United States and the truckers understand it because there's so many rules and regulations and so many different agencies and so much stuff they got to put up with. Uh, we used to have our authority and I used to haul commercially. And um, yeah, it's a pain. You almost have to pay somebody to fill out all the paperwork for you and keep you straight. And And I, and I still got my CDL. And I just got through last week, going, getting a doctor's appointment, getting my medical stuff, and I got the medical stuff up on the side of the ice box. I got to take that in to the um, secretary of state's office, and uh, they'll they'll go through it and say, "Yep, doctor says you're healthy. We're good to go. You can drive for two more years." Um. Yeah. It. It. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. A lot of people not happy. And and you got to remember too, folks, everything that they're doing sanction-wise to the Russians financially, economically, they can do to their own people on the inside. Ask Justin Trudeau with the people that protested in Canada. Shut you off from your bank account, run you out of money, um put a hold on everything, make you know, you shut your Visa and Mastercard off. I mean, there's a whole lot of things they can do to you if you don't toe the line, and I think we just have to... And I'm not saying we shouldn't be doing it to Russia. We got to do something to help these poor Ukrainian people. Um, we we got to help them. Um, now, is Russia going to consider all these sanctions and all this stuff we're doing an act of war? It's not It's not Geneva Convention War, but it's it's war by unconventional means, and... You know, I I do worry about Putin with his age, and I think his mental state. You back him into a corner where he doesn't have any way to get out. I think it could be doggone dangerous situation. Um, you know, um, yeah, you know, you know, Mayor Pete's at it. You know, and, and and this this is maybe, you know, when, when somebody said, Mr. Secretary, people can't afford gas for the cars, and he said, let them buy Teslas. They can, they can juice them up with electricity, which is going up in costs. Is that the Marie Antoinette line, let them eat cake? Now, the media is not going to play it up as much, but, I mean, there's, there's just a lot of stuff and a lot of not happy people. I mean, I look at the protests up in Canada. I'm like, is, these are Canadians. These are some of the get us along, let's go along, let's not make ways, people that you know. So just how far did Justin Trudeau have to push them that they got that upset? But the Ukrainians got him a Russian general. They're fighting. They're still in the fight. Um, I think if you do do a a, uh, no-fly zone, that Russia will look at that as an act of war and, and they'll strike out and, you know, Poland, Lithuania... Latvia, Estonia, Romania, Moldova, uh, they're on the the firing lines, along with Hungary, Czech and Slovak Republic. Uh, But, you know, Putin's pretty much tied down in Ukraine right now. But he's always he's always got those missiles with those big warheads on them. That's what makes him dangerous. That's what makes him dangerous. Well, not a whole lot else going on. I mean, um, wheat and corn beans kind of backing off tonight. Wheat, wheat and uh, wheat had a pretty decent day today. Um, you know, um, yeah. Here's here's the video of um, the 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 Pete. What's his name? Uh, you don't have to worry about energy prices if you buy an electric vehicle. Hey, Bill Clinton, never let a crisis go to waste. We got a big crisis going on. So so let let's run it up, you know. You know, inflation was this bad in the early 70s and you know, it's um Yeah, and I find it interesting too, you know. Basically, Biden took gas from a little over $2 a gallon and ran it up to about 3 and a quarter. And um, now the the Russian invasion of Ukraine's taking it from three and a quarter and getting it close to the national average price to four bucks. But Biden already had run it up, you know, quite a bit before the war. But they're going to blame the war for everything. That's inflation and everything else. <sighs> it's it's um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Um. I don't exactly know if Russia cannot take Ukraine in a little bit quicker, more efficient manner, if it costs them a lot of stuff, if the thing gets really, really ugly uh, and, and, and Russia can't win the thing. What's the exit strategy? How do we help them exit out of it? Without getting ourselves pulled into it, without getting the nuclear buttons pushed, everything else. Um, you know, it, it, um, it's, you know, it is what it is, but yeah, let's, let's go buy an electric car so you don't have to pay high fuel prices. Oh my God. Ah, yeah. And you know, you watch it, this, this food thing, I'm watching for Nixon's wage and price controls. That's the next thing I'm looking for. I'm looking for Biden to go back and, and you know, well, people can't afford six dollar hamburgers, so it's gonna be three fifty. Packers will just have to lower the price to get three fifty. And you know who the Packers will take it out of it, they'll take it right out of the farmers hide. You know, we we can't have wheat, bread's gotta be cheap. We can't have wheat over six dollars a bushel or five dollars or what pick whatever number. And uh, but are they gonna subsidize your and my anhydrous fertilizer? Are we gonna be able to get herbicide next year. You know, there's this this food thing, there's a whole bunch of countries in the world, Egypt, Libya, Somalia, Nigeria, um, Syria, Lebanon, that are not real stable to begin with that food's going through the roof and they always bought the cheap stuff out of Ukraine and Russia. And there ain't no cheap stuff coming out of there right now. It's expensive. You know, we're watching wheat being priced out of feed rations around the world, and it's being priced as a human food because there's not as much of it. And all all that livestock's going to have to be fed something that was being fed wheat. Whew. Yeah. You're in agriculture right now. I mean, there's, there's, you know, and I, and I listened to some people, and I've heard some people talk, and I don't think, I, I don't think the policymakers have figured out half of it yet. I mean, Michelin is shutting down, you know, um, some of their stuff because they can't get stuff out of Russia. What happens if you can't get a tire and you get a flat tire on a tra- planting tractor? Huh? What happens if you can't get the repairs for your planter or your planter tractor or your combine this fall? This this thing has changed and changed drastically. You know, it'd have been one thing if we'd have had the war, but we had the supply chain issues because of COVID before that. Hopefully, the world will learn two things: one, we need to we need to produce more stuff in the United States. I mean, manufacture more stuff. And not be beholden around the world, and yes it's going to cost more money it's just the way it's going to be because it's more expensive to do business here because we don't have the cheap labor, and we got and we could do some stuff to get rid of a lot of the regulations, but we're not going to just people people in government are not going to run themselves out of a job by not being able to have regulations on you, and then they can justify their existence and then the second thing is you know we've always depended on the producing con- com- countries basically except china china's the one country that's kept a big government reserve and who knows if they're lying about those numbers or not I, my guess is my guess is there's not as much there as what they say there is or if it is there the quality's probably not that good but but um you know these consuming countries are gonna have to start holding some of their own inventory. You know, if, if you were Egypt and you had a year when all this all this wheat was cheap, if you had bought the storage back, you know, during the, the COVID shutdown when the storage was cheap, when the you know the metal in that wasn't that expensive. Oh, by the way, too, you could have stored oil because oil sold for what negative forty dollars a barrel, negative thirty nine dollars a barrel. Um, you could have bought a lot of cheap oil lot of cheap oil. And uh, took delivery on it and stored it in your tanks. Well, you may need to be putting grain bins up and storing your grain bin. You know, that the and I've talked about this before. You know, the message of Joseph. You had the seven fat years and you stored it up for the seven lean years. And Egypt basically owned everything at the end of the seven lean years because they were the only ones with grain for food. And people literally sold themselves into slavery to have something to eat. But just think, and that's what I'm going to title it. Two years ago was the last week we had that was normal. This week, two years ago, was our last normal week. And I'm not sure we're going to get back to normal for a long time and what that new normal is going to even look at, look like. Well, hey, smartest audience in agriculture. Thanks for listening.